Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm Neville O'Donoghue, and this is a podcast for bench warmers. Listen to me now, listen to me. Which phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off. We're going to do it. Tyson Fury. It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The headline has been written. You're a county? Absolutely not. That's a load of rubbish, Brechon, to be quite honest. Uh, He's a disgrace to have a football club. What a belt he's given it. I, 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 I love I love I love me county, you know. We love Jamalas! Welcome back to Benchcast. Uh, I had a few weeks off because believe it or not, my last guest, former Munster and Irish out half, Ian Keatley was coaching Clan Mel. I was playing with Sunday as well, and both clubs were involved in a relegation playoff. Thankfully for both Sunday as well and Clan Mel, we stayed up and poor old Derry City went down. So yeah, that's why I was busy with that the last few weeks. But uh, and also, this podcast today is coming live from McGettigan's in Dubai, where I'll be for the summer. So make sure come and find me and give me your thoughts on the weekend's GA action, and I'll put you up on GA crack. On today's show, I have former Kerry footballer and five-time All Ireland winner Aidan O'Mahony, but more importantly, uh, winner of Dancers with the Stars in 2017. We had a great old chat, so sit back, relax, and give a listen. Enjoy. Aidan O'Manny. Aidan, how are you? Very good. Very good. Good. Here, look, we'll go straight into your business because um, I'm, I'm actually very interested in it. In it. Uh, you're involved in, um, I'm looking it up there, your fitness. AOM Fitness just got, looking at it there, Aidan, it's pretty impressive. 13,000 followers and... Uh, but I was I was doing obviously a bit of research before I got you on, and I was listening back to your Pakenny interview a news talk a few months ago. And I, okay, are you still a guard? Are you? And you're doing all this fitness as well on the side. I am. I'm actually going to work now after I finish with you here at four. I'm working four to four tonight. Yeah. So um, I suppose with the since the COVID time, our shifts changed, and we work four days on, four days off. Um, my earlies are seven a.m. to seven p.m. My nights are four p.m. to four a.m. And I've uh, two little girls, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old as well. Like, so it kind of works well that way where the four days off, I'm probably studying or something to do with fitness. And, um, you know, <laughs> I suppose being a dad as well is probably the, the, the priority. But, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of juggling the lot, yeah. Yeah, you mustn't have time to bless yourself, to be honest. Do you know, I actually don't mind. I think it's it's kind of part of who I am. Um, I think when you, you know, in the county, you get into a routine where, I won't say you're, you're rushing and racing, but it's like you finish work, you know you have to be somewhere. And uh, I think that's kind of followed me where, I don't know, I like being busy. And I think the fitness side, I probably took away from the GA then where it became part of, I suppose, who I am. And it's, it's something I need as well. You know, I suppose we all talk about mental health and you talk about stuff that's good for you or what you do in your pastime. So I find that that's what triggers me, I suppose, that, that it's, I find the whole fitness side of it therapeutic. And your clients online, Aidan, or, or, or are they all around Cork, kind of Kerry? No, so like what we do is we sell uh, programmes online. Um, I'm involved in a business, Michael, I don't know, he's a cousin, he's based over in London. Um, we set it up in 20, I suppose it kind of started in 2018. We were going to set it up earlier, but I went off dancing for a few months in 2017, just to add another bit of stress to my life. And 
so yeah so we do I suppose everything's online and um, obviously I'm involved in a lot of coaching at home as well so I suppose where you do something well but you're you're constantly learning and you're trying to evolve it as well right well no that's that's definitely very interesting I'll make sure to give it a shout out after this uh, and I obviously the big thing everyone wants to talk about Aiden is the Cork Kerry game in Parky Ring on a Saturday evening like being a Kerry supporter, like what? What you take away from it? Do you think it was a worthwhile exercise for Kerry? I think so. Yeah, I think. Look, I think Jack is supposed to be very happy that they, they gave him a game for fifty minutes. Um, look, there was a talk of side shows and whatnot before um, going into the game, and you know, I suppose any team that their backs are to the wall and they're making statements, you know, they're going to come out and go at you. And in fairness to Cork, did you know? I know myself. I, I think like the what I look at is a twenty fourteen. Like I found the group we were involved in that time, there was a lot of talk about transition and I suppose like myself and you know that we weren't going to win all earned and that the supply line was kind of coming to an end. And I think that car team was something similar where a lot of young lads were coming in and all of a sudden they're they're seeing number one, what it's like to wear a carry jersey, but number two, when you're backed into a corner, the only thing you can do is come out and fight. And they did that for 50 minutes last night, you know. Um so from from Kerry take away from it, yeah, it was a test. They still won by twelve points, and they'd have learned a lot. I don't think Jack would have been happy maybe with the first half. You know, there was one point in it, so there's a lot of learning. And like I always found that the, the, the best time we were prepared for all Irons or Irons semi-finals is that Kerry and Cork games when you were the full house. You know, there was nothing ever given. Like Cork never feared Kerry and Clarny either. You know, so you need Cork. Uh, I suppose challenging Kerry. So it look. You're talking about Kerry getting to most final in three weeks' time, and that'll probably tell a bit more. And look, I suppose for Jack, it's about competition for places and seeing what works. You know, obviously, Paddy Telly come in, they're trying out new systems and defensively as well. They're tackling the last night, there was a lot of intensity in it, which we probably haven't seen in the last couple of years. Like, so there's plenty to learn from it. Uh, anything less than winning the Sam Maguire would be a bit of a failure this year, wouldn't it, Aidan? Unfortunately, level down here every year. Every year you, you don't win all Ireland, and that's not being arrogant. I know of my own time. It's like when you come in day one, um, always your focus is, is about making the panel or, or you know, making it or putting Kerry jersey on your back. But when you get into it and you start playing football, you rise fairly quick that you're judged on all Ireland. You know, that's the way it is. It's been the way since the Kerry Golden years down here. You know, you hear about seven or eight medals in your pockets. So, we don't be saying too much how I many we have ourselves, but every year, unless you win all earned, um, it's judged as a failure down here. Oh, my, I know it well. My old fellow was a curry man, so not too far from Glen Flisk, actually. But um, I want to ask you are, you, are you still involved in football coaching? And um, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, sorry, was uh, do you still have the farm as well? Because I was listening to a bit of that as well, that you have a family farm. Yeah, my my brother has a farm above and he's in Glen Flisk. Um, I was going to see when I saw Juno there. It's, it's a good Cliffless name in the US. Uh, no. uh, our neighbours are Juno who's back in Cliffless. Yeah, we still the farm there. I don't be up there as much. Um, like, but I, I actually put a lot of it down, I suppose, growing up and being up in that farm would have stood to me playing sport. Um, when you start walking after sheep for miles miles on a hill, yeah. you learn from it. It's tough. But, uh, yeah, like, so I'm still involved in coaching. I'm actually involved now with the Dr. Oaks Fellows at the moment. Um, right. I suppose it's... it's it's a different sport and I'm learning an awful lot from it as well. Um, there's a lot of similarities, but like the games and the small set of games and the coaching inside there, there's great learning from it. I was at Kerry Miners for the last two years, loved every minute of it. 
Um, we had a great group there. Um, just, I suppose, time-wise, I'm one of those people that unless I can give something 150%, you know, I won't get involved. I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not trying to climb a ladder for myself, but I, I need to enjoy something. I'm still playing my club rap more um, and I'm enjoying it. Like, so it's, it's kind of, for me, I think if, if I'm ever going to get involved with something, like even like the college this year with the Sigerson, um, it was very enjoyable, challenging at the start, but definitely worthwhile um, at the finish. And uh, I got to ask you about asthma then as well, because obviously you your book there came out last year unbroken, and uh, obviously it was like, did you find that very hard to compete? Like, because I've heard of people having that and they find it hard to catch their breath when they're playing. Yeah, and I, I had a good experience with last week. I don't know, it was the, the pollen high or whatever they call it. And uh, I got a chest infection. I was back training last week with the club and just trying to breathe and get through it. Now I've learned from my years with sports, like the more exercise you can do, the more, the better it is for the asthma. But yeah, it was tough starting out because, you know, there was no guides back then or there was no one to tell you, you know, you need to go through the hard barrier there and your asthma will get better. You would just find it out. And I found... When that whole inhaler case came along, um, it exploded. And it was probably the first time I'd say in my life after it's finished. So not about six months, I was kind of drained. And I had, like it was the first time in my mind I actually kind of wanted to walk away from it because you, you get a very kind of negative experience from it. And look, we know the world we live in that people always jump to their own conclusions before you, you can tell your own side of the story. So it was a learning experience. But like for me, asthma is something I live with every day. And there's a lot of people in the in the world and I see even the dress rooms now going training there and stuff young guys um, using the inhalers and what I found after the whole thing snowballed is you'd nearly be hiding your inhaler going training even though you need it um, so yeah it was, an, it was an interesting time alright What do you think of um, obviously social media has been very beneficial to you with your online business but are you nearly glad in the way now Aidan that you're out of the game because like Imagine if that asthma thing and the Donegal O'Connor incident, like, now I know you probably got a lot of slack back then, but can you imagine it probably would have been 20 times worse now if there was social media? Do you, do you feel for players nowadays? I think, like, like as you said, the Donegal O'Connor incident and the slack I was getting was well-deserved. But I think it's changed now where, you know, uh, you obviously have people hiding behind these fake profiles and they're tagging the players, you know, back when we, we our time was only Facebook. I'd say someone would know how to tag you on Facebook, so you're safe enough. But now with Twitter, like it seems to be the more negative you are on Twitter, the more likes or retweets you get. And I think it's very personal then as well, because you know, everyone that goes out to put on the jersey, they're representing their account and their family. I know it's a cliche, but they are, you know, they're putting in a lot of hard yards, you give up a lot of things for us. And it's it's an unbelievable, don't get me wrong. It's one of the best things ever to actually play uh county. But when you go and play a game, you never kind of go out with the intention of something happening and then you're getting back into a bus. But like for us that time, you got slates and papers and stuff like that, which is grand. Now it follows you in home. And like players now, like I suppose it's part of a known level as well where social media is part of a player's life because they're trying to make something out of the sport and make something for themselves after as well. You know, it goes hand in hand and they're trying to build like whether they like to say it or not. You're trying to build a profile for yourself as well where you might be at one of the top teams, but you're still trying to build a profile and social media is the place. So it's a double-edged sword where when you're on social media, you have to be prepared to be a target as well because that's the way the game is. I see even there the hurling yesterday. You see straight away who's spending, you know, and there's people that are going to take and they're going to give their opinion. Where what I found before is 
where some person might say, I ah, look, that's only one person's opinion. When 10 people are tagging you, then you have 10 people's opinions. You know, it starts filtering in fairly easily. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, also, in, I just want to touch briefly, obviously, on your career with Kerry. You won five All-Irelands. You were with Kerry from 2004 to 2016. Like looking back in your time with Kerry, obviously, you'd look at it with great success, would you? And um, I suppose one of the questions you probably saw there last night, I put up, um, asked the player, asked the guest a question. And like, what was the favourite, all the most fondest All-Ireland that you won, do you think, in your time? That was one of the questions that came in. Yeah, I think uh, like most people, their first all Ireland was, I found the first all Ireland the, the first 10 minutes of the game didn't go too well for me. <laughs> so I could have been watching 10 minutes. Um, but like you're kind of counting down the clock for the last five minutes and then it's like euphoria. You know, you're 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 in that privileged position that every carry player that has won all Ireland speaks about or any county player. But I found 2014, as I said, like from my own book, I wrote about that, how my dad had passed away in 2012. And I kind of went on a personal journey knowing that it would probably enhance the well of getting up the steps of the Hogan stand in his memory. And um took me two years with a few broken bones and nearly uh, career-ending days. Uh, but 2014 was special in that we all are in his memory. But I think even after as well, where the, the whole thing about the fo- taking off the football boots and giving him to that young lad and um Will Willis there from... Clarny and I had never met a kid but he has angel man syndrome and the boots make long story got over to be auctioned in London a few months later and it was 26,000 euros you know that whole I learned for me was it was like, like coming to an end of career as well now lasted maybe two or three but yeah that one I think was a very special I learned and as I said at the start when I spoke to you I never like all we were hearing all year was a team that was in transition and being wrote off and um it makes it a lot sweeter than when I suppose you prove it to yourself instead of prove it to someone else. Is that where you get your football from? Just a matter of interest from your dad, is it? Jeez, I don't know. Um, I have a lot of actually relatives in Glenfester, Kelly's, they probably in Donahue's as well. Right. So, they, I um, side, yeah. So, I don't know where the football came from, really. I think for me, it was never kind of a name or a goal to play with Kerry or even play a rap more. I was knocking out a good bit of enjoyment out of the soccer probably suited my own style as well of playing on the edge and uh, the football just I suppose it just happened and um, I played underage and as I said the asthma was a barrier to start and then I got a break like a lot of players where I came in with the minors I broke my nose I missed six weeks and I missed the month's final I got 10 minutes of an all-iron semi-final in 98 and as I said I remember that day carry up playing Kildare and you were just watching these athletes coming out and something that day kind of triggered something in me to say I want more of that had to change then, like, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta ask you then, Aiden. Uh, find a few questions, I suppose, about the, the dancing with the stars in 2017. No, it wouldn't be a show I'd watch personally myself, like, you know, but like that did get you out to a whole new audience, like, didn't it? Like, you know, like, because obviously, not not, to be, not being sexist, but a lot of female people do watch it, like, you know, so surely that was only good for you and good for your business, yeah. So, like. When 2016 finished, you know from probably your own interviews, Neville, everyone talks about the void finished playing football. And um, when I got that phone call, I kind of I, I, I like nearly a piece of paper in front of me telling myself everything why I shouldn't do it. No, I probably should have done it. <laughs> I should have listened punches as well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then like we'll say when it started, um, it was funny the first few weeks where it was enjoyable because the costumes were Jesus Christ. They were never, they weren't even there. They were so see through, and I used to go home and tell my poor mother that 
you know, the all dancing isn't great, mom, so they're taking the, the eyes off the dancing to somebody else. But you'll be coming back, you're yourself, you're a guard, you're coming back on the Monday and you're going to work and you're being slated inside the station and on the street as well. But it was enjoyable because there's unbelievable training. It. You know, it starts out, we were told 21 hours a week, like when it was coming to finish, it was nearly seven days a week, 12 hours a day, 13 hours a day. Um, I think my feet were never as quicker in their life when I went back playing the club. I, I was actually after getting quicker. So there's something definitely there if you're merging your football training with dancing. I always see you now, even from young lads, coach underage, you know, that does dancing, very quick feet. Um, but it was, it, it, it kind of filled that void for three or four months that, you know, when it finished in, I went back with the club and, um, you know, it was, it was a different chapter. It gave me a reason to do something that I wouldn't have seen myself. And obviously I didn't know it was a hit either. You know, if, if I, if it was now, there's no hope in life I'd have done it because it's just gone to an elite level. Yeah. Right. Um, I suppose the other question, I, I suppose, find a few questions, I suppose, Aiden, is that, well, we got a few questions in. These are obviously repetitive ones, like, you know, but who's the best player you played with and played against? I was probably, I know, if I pick one, like, you're, you're talking about a generation where, like, you're Seamus Mine and Dar O'Shea, you know, Danny Galvin, Declan O'Sullivan, like, how would you pick one out of them? Um, I, I like, that's when you were asking me there about your career, if you're looking back at 14 years, for me, like like the middle are inside in the drawer there somewhere, but like when you talk to people and you're able to kind of put yourself in that bracket of being able to play with those players, you know, it's very hard like to say the fellas play, players I played against in, you know, I think finals like I'd Max Tino O'Neill in 05, I'd Kieran McDonald in 06, I'd Sean Kavanagh in 08. Um, you know, like Jesus, like they were they were amazing players, like I'd Michael Murphy, you know, I remember First year started out by seven Stephen Kelly from Limerick had amazing battles. He was just like a rugby background, frightening pace and frightening strength before there was any gyms or anything. Yeah. They're trying to keep like so like if if I look back at my career and I picked those players, I didn't think actually man mark them or being put on him was for me. I I, I still didn't answer your question. <laughs> yeah, no, you haven't. Good politician answer there. Yeah. Is like in 2005, Steve O'Neill coming into that was player of the year in the maid. And for that day, I think he got four points, he got two from play, and he actually did a good enough job. You know, like they were just different generations of those players. Like even Mark Joyce and Boyd and Dollar and semi final against Galway, like they're unbelievable days. And I think even for someone like myself, because, you know, the pressures I did perform, the pressure he was. Just due to my persona and game as well, like yeah, yeah, no, no, but and I gotta ask you finally, well, fine is um about the time you played in a match with your broken leg. Tell me about that, like you know, because how did you manage that? So twenty eleven, we obviously we lost to Dublin, and that was a sore one. Jesus, very very sore one in two thousand eleven, and um. We came back, I remember came, coming back to the club the Thursday after the game. And that's the great thing about your club. That safety net is always there for you that you can come back to when you get back in. And that year, I think we'd beaten Austin Stacks. We'd beaten Dr. Crokes. We hadn't beaten for years in the semi-final. And next we were into club final that I'd won in years. It was our first time, I'd say, in 12 years being in the final for something. We played Long Rangers. And like that game was huge. Jesus was massive. And we knew ourselves because the club like Ratmore, 
you might get those opportunities too many times. And then five minutes into the game, I think it was myself and I was back from Lone Rangers clashed. Two was upset. I knew I got a bang, but I thought it was more the shoulder. And then when I got up, then I knew the leg was kind of not good. So uh, <laughs> it was just funny just the way things happened. Like, so I didn't put forward and I played a bit inside of that year and I got two points and I didn't move too far. Yeah. So I kind of stayed. I'd never been moved too far. I didn't have time and the physio, he was kind of rubbing up the leg and um, he popped the bone back. Jesus. Uh, a lot of people, as I said, the, the great story about it afterwards, the old man's ended up kind of saying to me, you could have cost us a game. I was saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the reality, just, we won the game, but um, or yeah, look, teams, there's been players that have done it as well, where adrenaline gets you two games and you're saying to yourself, I'm better on the pitch than maybe looking from the sidelines. So yeah. it just happened. But well, if it happened the other way, I'd still be hearing about it, don't worry. Uh, it's funny then, Aidan, just, um, I, I, I kind of ask all this to my GA guests. Um, I suppose, where, where, where do you think the game of football is now at the moment? And what do you think? Do you think the championship is a good structure at the moment? Like, you know, because a lot of people thought football was going to shit there for a few years when Dublin winning all the, all the All-Irelands that there was passing backwards and sideways. And then you look at the championship. I know Kerry will say they got a good run out against Cork, but would you not like to see it more of a league format where Kerry are actually, where you're seeing more of the top games, the top teams, you know? Everything. The games are great, you know, like, and everything's like you have 10 teams or eight teams are the same position. You know, you have games where compared to how you're talking about I suppose bad people say from Kerry and to be honest with you, look, they've no game until they get to the quarter final or another semi final. You could say the same about Dublin the last couple of years. Um, but I you know like something has changed, like if you're even talking about the, the football itself, I suppose it's gone very defensively. Now we talk about systems and setups, you know games the ball. And like I suppose from a coaching side, it's it's you're looking on now and you're kind of saying unless you get involved in the Side of it, you're done. Like, okay, for me, you're meant to be on the and someone else came in. Where now, Jesus, I'd say if I couldn't only get, get away and sign full back line because, you know, you could. But, but I don't know. Like, I think that changed. Like, um, maybe it's about something about only like five or something like that, you know, because I don't know. Is it any good as a spectacle for football? You know, and then, and then, uh, yeah, kind of a league championship form is a great thing where, you know, the provincials now, you're talking about the Telton Cup and stuff there, and you see Kevin Gill, the last of there. You know, um, you know, it's, it's hard for, for teams to be kind of training for six months, and then you're gone maybe after two games. Yeah. You know, so format would be great. I think the games we're watching at the moment, you know, it's some fantastic league games there. Obviously, except for the league final between Mayo and uh, Kerry was... One side show, um, but yeah, something will have to change. Yeah, uh, I, I, actually, very finally, Aiden, is the I'm I'm very jealous. I saw you did the Camino there uh, a few months ago, and um, tell me about that because obviously I like to do a bit of traveling myself, but that's definitely one of the list. What made you do the yeah. Camino? Well, it was actually 2019. I did it. Um, I did it. I became an ambassador with Cry, um, and I was very fortunate now as well. I know a lot of the families so Cry stands for care at risk and young people. So a lot of them would be families that maybe have lost a young child, daughter, 
um, and they do amazing work then for the families. Um, so I went to 2019. It was 22. Um, first, the very first over in the Camino, um, you do a big table, everyone sat down and everyone gave their reasons for being there. You know, some cheese. Very emotional stories, and it made the group collectively strong for the week ahead. And if you just think about it, I suppose the best way to describe it is you have people walking together, you can walk as fast as those you want, you're seeing the most amazing attractions in the world. Um, it's very therapeutic. And now we're going here. Um, I don't know how many bodies we have at the moment uh, traveling with us, but it is like every possible to me, you know, as a bucket list, but when you do it as a group. And like there's people there from every part of the country and every part of the world with us as well. Yeah. Um, right. It is an amazing thing to do. And as I said, that first night over when people are opening up about people, young kids they'd lost and their families. And when someone opens up to you like that, it just makes a week like that very special. And I remember coming home saying to myself, it's like way of the group, you'd say 20 people, you'd, you'd find very hard for everyone to get on together. But they did. It was an amazing, very soul searching. And for me as well, it probably formed a part of where the book came from, where you have so much time to think and, you know, you've just, like, you talk about yourself there when you're running websites and social media accounts, you're constantly running and racing and, you know, I found over there, you just totally switched off and you wouldn't take your phone bag and you're just walking every day and what, what beat that. No, I'll, I'll definitely add that, add that to my list. Uh, finally, Eden, I do this with all my guests. Uh, 60 second question or questions in 60 seconds where you have to give me what comes into your head. Okay. So, uh, favorite food? Uh, spaghetti. Favorite golf course? Clarny. How often do you do your dirty laundry? Three times a week. Westlife or boys one? Westlife. Win the World Cup or win the Masters? Win the World Cup. Favourite holiday? Greece. Uh, who would play you in a movie? Well, it's got help from um, something that would demonstrate no, isn't it? Uh, who would play me? Yeah. I'd have to ask that guy. Alright. Uh, leg day or chest day? Leg. Uh, biggest fear? Water. Right. And uh, what is something you've never done but want to? Triathlon. And finally, in tea or coffee? Tea. No bother. Aidan, thanks a million for that. Thanks. Love to be on with you. And thanks for listening. And thanks again to former Kerry footballer Aidan O'Mahony. Apologies there if the Wi-Fi was kind of coming in and out. Aidan won five All-Irelands with Kerry and played for Kerry for the best part of 10 plus years. So it tells you all you need to know about Aidan as a footballer. And I might be half a Kerry man, but I'm 100% Cork. And he gave Cork some tough days, but a great, great player. And uh, good luck to him with, with his online business. Uh, seems to be doing well. And uh, remember, I'll be out here in McGettigan's uh, JLT in Dubai for the summer. So make sure, come and find me and give me your thoughts on the weekend's GA and I'll make sure to put you up on GA crack. Until next time, where I'll have someone else from the world of sport on. Remember, you can get this podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Neville O'Donoghue, I'm out of here, and thanks for listening.